Yep. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Welcome back to episode 22 of The Linesman. Uh, it's just me here tonight, Nick, on the mic. Uh, RB and Andy are away uh, forming the minds of America's youth right now, uh, doing whatever they do. Um, it's been a couple weeks, I know. It's been the international break. We missed a two weeks of Premier League action while we were gone. Um, we'll just hop into some scores right away. Coming from uh, two weeks ago, I think it was October 16th through 17th. Um, some great, some great weekend games uh, right off the international break. I know we talked about the potential for some upsets and and uh, some just some crazy goals being scored. Um, a lot of overs hit this week. A lot of five. Five goal, six goal games. Um, but the big ones I'm going to talk about right off the bat, Aston Villa versus Wolves. Uh, Aston Villa was up 2-0 in the first half. Um, and honestly, we were all excited. My my friend from college, is, he's a big Villa fan, going off about all these things. Um, and unfortunately, Wolves in the second half came out like a team possessed and scored three goals. And I want to say... I want to say they scored three goals in, in almost in almost forty minutes, just so just a little under a half. Um, but honestly, I was I was kind of shocked, um, and um, just all of a sudden, Aston Villa. We talked about this Aston Villa Wolves, two teams that uh, were struggling early in the season. They kind of found their form uh, late, like a couple games ago, Wolves finally starting to string some wins together. Villa also string wins together, beating United, um, two weeks before the international break, um, put them in a good spot. But this, this, uh, this loss by them last weekend was, was kind of tough. Um, they had it in the bag. They were up two goals in the second half and, uh, gave away three goals within 10 minutes to, to ruin it for themselves. Um, and I know, this past week they lost as well. Um, it's unfortunate, but um, we're looking at Dean Smith's job on the line right now. It's he's kind of tough. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I could have someone talk to you right now, but I'm just I'm just thinking that if I'm Dean Smith, um, I would start changing up your lineup a little bit. He's had a pretty consistent lineup over the last couple of weeks. It's not really working for them. They're playing a three-five-two. They're kind of overloading the midfield when they're trying to play. A possession game and it's just not really working for them yeah they score good goals they score some good counter-attacking goals but to really to really put a game away you need to have a more attacking mindset maybe go to a 4-4-2 with a couple guys um, a couple midfielders playing in uh more centrally who can attack and hold the ball and uh adama triori for wolves finally uh finally playing up to his potential these last couple weeks um, even though they lost to Tottenham this past week. Um, yeah, uh, he's just, I don't know. I know we talked about it. I always talk about how you play defense on him. And he's just, he's kind of tough uh, going into the box and going into the box. And he doesn't, he's not really a skill player. He uses his speed and power to, to get around guys and doesn't have that clinical finish in the, in the final third. But um, his team's really helping him out there. Ruben Neves, then Dunker. Uh, and crazy signing. I know he signed a week after the season started. Uh, this guy named He Chain Huang. He's from uh, South Korea, and honestly, he's had like an unreal start to his season um, or his tenure at Wolves. Um, unbelievable player, 
very clinical, finishes in front of the net, and he's amazing. Um, and overshadowed the, the game that overshadowed all week um, that all the other games uh, was the lesser Manchester United game. And honestly, as a Manchester United fan, this one kind of had me scratching my head a little bit uh, out of pure frustration. Um, kind of, this is the beginning of the end. This is where it started. Not really. I would say it started when we drew Everton and uh, lost to Aston Villa the week before, the weeks before the international break. Um, we had lost to Villa, tied Everton, and now we've lost two in a row. Um, but this last last weekend, lost to Leicester. After a great start to the game, 20-minute goal by Bruno, um, by Mason, assisted by Bruno. But then just we just our back line's kind of tough. Um, Tielemans got an easy goal right before half, and then from then on out, it was just it was just a shit show. Just two easy goals given up by uh, given up by our, our defense. Marcus Rashford came back on and as a sub, um, first game back from injury this season. Scored the tire, and then a minute later gave one away to Jamie Vardy, and then sealed away in the 90th minute by this guy named Pat Tendaka. It was like his first game. It was his first game ever for Leicester, and he just freaking put one in on on one against one of the biggest teams. And um, I'll get more into that later. Um, moving on, we got uh, Southampton versus Leeds. I don't know. Justin, if you've been paying attention, he doesn't have a mic, but I'm going to tell him right now. I don't know if you've been paying attention to us uh, talking about Southampton finally getting a win. No, you no. No, no, that's Brentford. Brentford, yeah, Brentford bees. Southampton finally has gotten a win in the in the um, in the Premier League, and it's about time. One o one o victory against uh, Leeds United. Um, I'll say it again: Leeds needs to change their fucking formation. They're doing the four one four, four one four one. It just doesn't work. Um, unbelievable. Great game by Southampton. The goal was scored by Armando Broja, by assisted by Nathan Redmond, who's been on a tear recently, even though they haven't been really winning games. They've been tying a lot. But Redmond's always a standout player in that in that uh in that game. Um unbelievable. I'm pretty happy for them. And I think Arby and I won money on that game, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember the bets that were placed, but I bet Arby was pretty excited to see that one happen. Um Again, Leeds need to figure it out. Honestly, I'm kind of sick and tired of their of them not being able to um, produce big goals and and be able to win games. They're tying games, which is great. I think they've won a couple. Um, it's just tough to see sometimes. Um, just a, with a classic club like Leeds, they just haven't. Just something about them from going from last year to to this year. Um, I don't know what happened. It's the same manager. It's the same players. They have Dan James. They signed him. They have a couple guys that they signed in. I can't really remember their names, but the whole point of, of signing players is to make your squad better, and they just have had no upward mobility in their team, and they're sitting three points above a relegation spot right now, which is unfortunate. Um, but, uh, yeah, they just unbelievable for Southampton. I'm pretty happy for them. First win. After tying five games, they finally get a win, which is great. Um, and I know it was a big game. It was a big weekend for teams in the lower half to kind of make up for them, make up for the 
for all the tired players um, coming off the big teams from international break, but obviously that didn't happen. A couple highlights, a couple honorable mentions for that weekend. Liverpool beat Watford 5-0, and Chelsea beat Brentford 1-0, and Man City beat Burnley 2-0. Just for the top three teams in the league, absolute clinical coming off the break, not stopping, not slowing down, just going to keep rolling forward. Um, Which brings us to this week, or this past week. Um, Right off the bat, league leaders Chelsea beat Norwich City. Last place, Norwich City, um, uh, 7-0, which is an insane score for for a soccer game. Even in the Premier League, even though we've seen some pretty crazy score lines these past couple of years with, with, you know, Tottenham beating Manchester 6-1, Manchester United beating... Uh, Southampton 9-2, Leicester City beating Southampton 7-2, Aston Villa beating Liverpool 7-2. It's but in in you know, a team always gets one, always gets one consolation one, but to shut out a team 7-0 is is insane and Norwich is right back on track to uh to go right back down to the championship. Um we'll see how that we'll see how that works. They're one of three teams that haven't had a win and they're all in the relegation, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich. Um, Norwich unfortunately has two draws and seven losses. So we'll see, you know, but it's going to be funny. They're going to be, they're going to come right back up to the championship with like 99 points. Um, Cause they got some good, they got some good players coming in, just not uh, Premier League capable yet. And then moving on to the next game, which was insane. Jay fine. I don't know if you watched it, um, Everton versus Watford. I, he said he didn't watch it. I wish his mic was on, but um, just <laughs> it was one one going into half, two one two one at the sixty third minute to Everton, and then all of a sudden, this guy, this kid named Joshua King, comes has been was playing all game, doing great. You know, couldn't really score a goal, had a lot of shots on net, um, but. All of a sudden, he just comes out of nowhere and scores a hat trick. This kid scores a hat trick in in uh, ten minutes. Unbelievable! Seventy eighth minute, eightieth minute, eighty seventh minute. A, th- a three goal swing within ten minutes to to seal the game for uh, for Watford. And then a and a con and a Emmanuel Dennis goal, which made a five two to just close the game out. And if I'm Everton, I'm kind of worried right now. Um, not as worried as most other teams in this in this league, but you know you're starting off great. You had a couple wins in a row. You tied some big teams, but now you've lost two in a row, which is tough. You know you, that's when you lose when you lose two in a row. You kind of lose you know faith in yourselves, and you kind of skid a little bit. Um, obviously, the injury to um, Dakure is going to be a big one to overcome, missing that attacking player. In your lineup, um, but yeah, they um, they're set up. Everton's set up to to play against the best teams. They got they don't have a bad team per se. They have Townsend, who's a great Michael Keane, and they have Jordan Pickford at the back, Luca Digne, and um, Tom Davies in the all in the midfield and back line. They shouldn't be as bad as they are. They should be in the top six without a doubt. But something about them. And their manager, it's just not working out the way they want it to work out. And all respect to uh, Rafa, Rafa Benitez. Um, he's playing unreal. Uh, I, I really respect him as a manager. He's done great things. 
but he just has to have a better understanding of kind of the Premier League. I know he he was a former Liverpool manager, Newcastle. He's not really I don't think his style of play really works for the Premier League like a lot of coaches. And as opposition coach that he played against um on Saturday, uh Ranieri, he's the guy that won the or the manager that won Leicester City the title and then got sacked two years after because they came in seventh. He coached at Roma. He coached at um, Sampdoria the year after. Um, but he has a great, he has a great, great tenure, great list of uh, clubs that he's coached for throughout his, his tenure. And I think he's the man to get Watford um, competing, uh, keeping him up in the Premier League. And I think Ismail Sar, I think he's the next, he's a young kid. I really believe in him. I think he's great. He's 23. He's from Senegal at this and he's he's playing he's playing gay. He only has one goal in the last let's see, one, two, three, four games. Three goals in the last five games. I think he's great. Um he's fast. He really needs to work and develop his game. But other than that, um the rest of their team uh is looking kinda not looking kinda suspicious, but they're just not they just got promoted. They're not, not just, did not, bleh, excuse me. They've been promoted for a couple of years and they really haven't improved their squad all that much. I mean, yeah, they have Musa Sissoko and they have Ben Foster in the net. And, but other than that, um, they don't really have any standout players. They do it, they do it by committee. Um, like a lot of teams are doing it now instead of having, um, uh, <clears throat> and instead of having a lot of star players like a lot of big big clubs do, they just they're just doing it by committee, which I really appreciate. Um, moving on. Speaking of uh, team efforts and um, good goals all around, kind of a, a, a heart heart racer there at the end. Uh, Leeds Wolves one one. Um, again, guy I mentioned before last week. He Chan Huang, unreal player, finished in front of the net, ten minute goal, and then. But ever since then, after that tenth minute, it was all leads, all leads, all the time, getting shots on net, and um, <laughs> just absolutely dominating the game, possession wise, shots wise, just making making Wolves look look silly, um just unbelievable they had they had 63 percent of the ball they had 18 shots 13 chances created but um Rui Patricio had an unreal game not Rui Patricio oh my god I'm so sorry Jose Sa was the was the uh is the new uh, Wolves goalie but and um this weekend I think uh I think Mara Bielsa's finally listened to me he switched to the 4-2-3-1 Finally, four at the back, two in the midfield, or two two holding midfielders, three attackers, and one striker. Um, finally, I mean that's the way I think this team is best to set up to to win games. Unfortunately, they haven't won the big one yet. I think that can kick kickstart their season to get them in a in a good in a good spot at the end of the year. 
but a 1-1 draw, I'll take it after being down 1-0 for, for almost 80 minutes um, and finally getting a 90, 90th minute penalty to tie it up by uh, Rodrigo, um, who played an unreal game. But I just want to mention one kid who came in and changed the game for, for Leeds who got them that um, got them that uh, got them that goal. This kid named Joe Gelhart. He's a young kid. He's 19. He's from England. He grew up in the same um, grew up in the same neighborhood as Wayne Rooney. And he's he, I don't know if anyone watched it, but that kid is unreal. Not afraid to to go at season defenders. Making guys look silly, getting getting shots on net, putting the pressure on from all angles. He works so hard without the ball that it's not even it's not even funny. I was Im- impressed by this kid, and I think if Leeds want to get to get more wins and they want to get more goals, they play that kid in almost every game. He's a midfielder. I mean, the, the Leeds midfield is is a little um, is a little suspicious. They have. Um, Matthews Klitsch and Pascal Sturich, which isn't <laughs> honestly not my my go-to. Um, they're kind of no-name guys. I would either sub one of them out, put this Gelhard kid in. Uh, he's only 19. I know uh, a lot of the smaller clubs can't afford to be playing. Um, can't afford to be playing young kids like this. But they had Calvin Phillips on the bench all game, which made no sense to me. I think if they want all, if they want to win, they should play Calvin Phillips more. Um, it's just unfortunate to see Leeds draw again, but it was a good step forward for them. Um, and uh, it was great. I, I think Wolves are still trying to find themselves underneath underneath this new manager here, um, Bruno. They're going to figure it out because they are not a bad team. I keep saying it every week. I know it's going to get repetitive. I say the same thing every week about Leeds and Wolves and Aston Villa. They're teams that, that come the you know, transfer window, January, February, they're going to be ruining someone's season, especially the, the upper team, the top six, they're going to be messing, messing someone's season up. Um, and speaking of messing seasons up, no, without further ado, we're going to talk about this, uh, absolute disgrace of a game that Liverpool Manchester United played yesterday at 1130. Um, that's when all of my hopes and dreams for this season died. Um, just just to start off, this is the f- second game in a row where Liverpool scored five and let up none. Um, and this is the second game in a row where Man United's let in more than three. Um, just, I'm going to take a deep breath. Whew. All right. Just from the get-go, you could tell that just it wasn't going to be the game that everyone thought they were that they thought it was going to be Liverpool kind of rested some of their big, big name players, not all of them, but they didn't start Mane. They didn't start Mane. They didn't start. They didn't start Alcantara. They didn't start Chamberlain or Divock or Joel Matip in the back, but just first minute, you know, a couple minutes in the game, I'll, I'll probably say second minute. Bruno had a great shot on net and just shot it right at Allison. And then a minute after that, completely undone by the passing of Liverpool. Great team play for a 1 0 victory by a 1 0 goal by Nabi Keita, who has been playing unbelievable lately. He's, he's, 
I know I'm not supposed to say this as a fan of of, of Manchester United, but Naby Keita, oh my God, what a player. He's really coming into his own. He hasn't really had that many starts um, for for Liverpool yet. He's still kind of young, fairly young. Um, and But honestly, he's actually he's not young. He's 26. But he's he's struggled a little bit in the Premier League, and now he has a good home in, in Liverpool, and I really hope he gets better. He suffered an in- injury um, yesterday, unfortunately. Um, I hope he gets better because I love watching him play. He always has a smile on his face too, which makes me a little happy seeing a player having that much fun, but not when he's scoring goals against me, my team. Um, and keeping it going with the goal scoring, Mohamed Salah had a hat trick, making it 4-0. And then Diego Jota scored a goal, making it 5-0. And after the first goal, you could see that Manchester United was in complete disarray. Their back line was all over the place. Harry Maguire is an absolute disgrace, and I know they were talking about it in the commentary. He's not he's not a leader. He he leads more by action than than um, rallying the players together to to play better. He plays by you know his actions, and his actions were terrible, and that just kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. Lindelof had a struggle a little bit. Luke Shaw was was all over the place. Um, their entire left side of their of their defense was all over the place. Um, Maguire and Shaw bumping into each other, giving up a goal. Lindelof giving the ball away. Their midfield playing McTominay and Fred again. Um, Fred was doing the job of of the entire back line in the midfield. Um, Rashford wasn't coming back to help out. Greenwood and, and Cristiano weren't clicking together. McTominay was just standing there half the time, just not playing. And I get, I get it. You know, when you're down 3-0, you're kind of losing all the hope in the game. You're playing, you're getting absolutely destroyed, and you just you just put your hands up and you're like, I don't know what to do. Just pl- just I know it's it's gonna sound crazy, but just defend. It's all you have to do is defend against this team. They're gonna be all right. You're gonna be okay. But if you're not defending, especially defending well, you're just gonna get cut apart by a team that that has the talent, the star talent, to compete to win the league, who also play like a complete team. They do it by committee. One guy goes down, someone's stepping in, and they're they're playing their their heart out to win this game. And Jordan Henderson went down, and they he uh, or sorry James Milliner went down, got subbed in for got subbed in for Curtis Jones, and he played an unreal game at the rest of the time. And it was just it was just embarrassing to see um, Man United lose five zero um, and four two the week before and mid and this is the same lineup that Ole put out. That was 2-0 down against Atalanta midweek and came back, but they came back to win 3-2. And that's not enough to warrant the same lineup um, to start against a big a big team that has won the league in the last two years, who are just non who are just nonstop. They're not slowing down. They're gonna keep going. Well, you have guys like Van de Beek and Sancho, Lingard, and Bailly, all healthy, all waiting to go in, who are unreal. They're not bad players. And Nemanja Matic, he's a great midfielder. And Donny Van de Beek, I feel so sorry for him. I say it every week. I really hope he gets I really hope he gets playing time soon. But he could have changed the game. You know, one oh down, put him in, change up your defense, even start him. I don't care what you do. 
He is a player that can, in a big game, that will come up big for you, and he will work his butt off to win. And all in training, he he impresses every one of his teammates in training, but for some reason, Solskjaer doesn't pick him even to be in the lineup sometimes, let alone be on the bench or to start, which is a big problem that, that, that Manchester United is having right now. And unfortunately, um, we'll get to that in a little later. I'm kind of over-talking about it right now. But um, the other game that was played on Sunday was uh, West Ham Tottenham, um, another London derby, which Tottenham has uh, fell short in. They've lost, they've lost three London derbies this year conceding uh one to two goals each which is very unfortunate and it's very it's very frustrating to watch a team like tottenham lose again um they have the talent they shouldn't they're excuse me tottenham man united they're the same they're in the same spot right now tough spot but they have the talent to climb out of it with the right guidance um they have ndombele youngman's son harry kane lucas mar on the front they have Hoiberg and Skip in the midfield, and they have a, a solid back line of Dyer, Romero, uh, Reguilin, and Emerson, and Hugo Lloris in net. Um, I th- just don't think that Nuno's tactics, um, the four-two-three-one, he played it at he played it at um, he played it at Wolves to hold the ball, possess the ball, let the let the counterattack happen to you, and then hit it quick on the counter. With a team like this, you can't do that. With a with a team with this much striking power who can score a lot of goals, as we've seen before, it just doesn't work like that. You can't hold this team back and play play defense all the time and let the teams come to you. You know, it worked at Wolves because you weren't you just got promoted and then they weren't performing all that well. Then you change your tactics and they started winning games. And they started to make a statement. They came in seventh uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but on the other side of that, David Moyes is. Um, West Ham are on an incredible run of form. How long they'll be on it for, I don't know, but they're in fourth place right now with 17 points. Unbelievable. They've they're five they've five wins, two draws, and two losses. They have a goal differential of six, which is insane because you know, there's some teams that 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 are just scoring insane amount of goals and then everyone else has has either zero, one, or or negative amounts or negative goal differentials. But they're the they're one they're the only other team that has has a positive goal differential in the league almost. Um but yeah, David Moyes has West Ham playing unreal. They play team, they do it by committee, like I've said. Um just unbelievable their lineup. Even though it's not it's not that impressive, really. They have Antonios, who scored the the only goal that game, who's been on a who's been on a tear. I think they just work hard in the back and then the midfield, and then the strikers can take care of themselves. They have Declan Rice, they have Kurt Zuma from from Chelsea last year, Ogbona, who's been playing unreal, and Cresswell, who had the assist for uh, uh, Antonio's goal. They just all play very well, and they they have. Lanzini on the bench, who's an who's an, an incredible player. Craig Dawson, who's also a defender. Um, they all just play. They all just play great team defense, and they know what the what the game plan is, and go out and execute it day in and day out. And they work hard in training. I'm pretty sure. But Moyes has this team believing that they can make a run 
for a better spot in this Premier League. Um, with that being said, that kind of wraps up all the games from the week, um, and we'll get we'll get into this this drama that's been unfolding these past uh, twenty four hours so far today. Today, I woke up and just said to myself, I really hope that Ole isn't the manager today. But here we are. It's 6.31 on a Monday, and he's still the manager, and no news yet of what's going to happen. But this all started um, back with the 1-0 loss to uh, West Ham in the Carabao Cup. We lost to West Ham in the mid middle of September and then lost to Aston Villa beat Villarreal tied Everton and then two losses in a row in the Premier League we've had one point we've had one point in the last three games so far this year one point it's it's unacceptable it's unacceptable for a team this caliber with all these great star players um Conceding five goals, four goals, two goals. That's unacceptable. And all the reports today, Manchester United, they don't have tactics. They don't have they don't have a passion to play. Solskjaer is choosing big name star power to play over guys who are actually doing it in training, who are playing Unreal in training, and who deserve a spot on the team, even to start in some of these games, and they're just not, which is annoying. And the one guy I keep mentioning, Donny Van de Beek, um, he's gonna be, he's gonna he's a guy that can change this this club around. I think in the midfield, you know, you know, really switch up this play. But he won't play because you know who's who needs who needs uh, Van de Beek when you got Fred McTominay hustling their butts off who are, aren't performing that well. Instead of instead of playing the guys that 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 are putting in the work off the field and who are impressing their teammates and just they're not I don't know what I don't know what to say I'm at a loss for words really um Solskjaer I love him to death he's done great things for the club he's turned it around I just don't think he's the man to to take him to the next level to start competing for these titles yeah he came in second next week but that was a COVID year and and no fans were around it was different atmospheres and all the stadiums and and just I don't know what happened last year or the year before that where he was playing against Pep and 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 Jurgen and they were you know hitting him on the counterattack fast-paced games and they were scoring goals against him and they won games they beat Man City three times in, in last season and they beat Liverpool twice last season. Like I don't get I it just blows my mind that they can't that I don't know what's happened from 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 June to now. I don't know what happened. I don't know what kind of personality changes, personnel changes have happened. But Ronaldo hasn't shouldn't be hurting the team. He should be helping the team. They've signed Sancho, they've signed Varane. And obviously losing Varane was a big, big L to their squad because he's he's a defensive rock. He really helps out and covers for Maguire all the time. Because Maguire's hurt and he's been making so many mistakes these last couple of weeks. That's really pissing me off. I don't think he should have the captain's armband at all. Um and honestly, it's it's starting to get frustrating. A team, a team like Manchester United shouldn't be changing their manager every three years. They had three years 
ever since Ferguson left, it's been Moyes for a year. And it was Louis van Gaal for three years. And then it was Mourinho for three years. And now it's Solskjaer potentially for three years. But I don't know what I don't know what has to change for them to to become, you know, a better squad. They have the potential. All the all the right pieces are there to win games, but they're not doing it. There's no there's no tactics. Tactics are a big problem that Solskjaer can't solve. Yeah, it worked for the Norwegian league, but it's not working for the Premier League. You know, you have a great set of of coaches with you. You have Mick Phelan, who is under the wing with uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, who's won many Premier League titles, but he's more of a of a side side coach now. He's not really having a big impact on these on these team trainings, which I think is insane. And you have Darren Fletcher and Michael Carrick, who are also very inexperienced players and co- are inexperienced coaches, but were great players. And I don't know, you know, it doesn't work for everybody. But if you're a, a player, a good caliber player, there's something about it. You just can't be. You just can't be that good of a coach. Uh, Zidane, not included, because Zidane is just one of the best players of all time, I think, and he's he's done a great job at Real Madrid. And he he just he has he. I mean, he also had a great great team and a great team setup, and it was in a good spot to take over right away. But all my credit, I'll give my credit to Solskjaer where it's due. He came into a team in disarray and he made, he put it on the right track. He got it moving. And now they're starting to hit some brick walls that they're not going to be able to move by. They're not going to be able to plow through. They're struggling to score. They're struggling to, to gel together. I think it's the wrong personnel going out in the field every time. And you know what? I just don't. This isn't their year, you know. They're in seventh place. They're freaking. They are. Let's see. Now they are eight points behind Chelsea. Chelsea has one draw and one loss, and they're they're seven points behind Liverpool and six points behind City, and three points behind fourth placed West Ham, who play Aston Villa and we play Spurs next week, who are ahead of us. I just don't see. I just don't see them making a change right now because the the options for manager are limited. You know they could wait, but they have Tottenham next week, who are in seven, who are in sixth place, the play, a place ahead of them, who are a point above them, and they're two teams that are struggling. But I just I have no faith going into this going into this game this week. Just I'm I'm embarrassed to be a fan right now, and I've gotten just ridiculed about it by some 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 people, and I just can't take it anymore. They are they just they've just been embarrassing. I that's the one word I keep saying it. They're embarrassing. They are an embarrassing team right now. They're in disarray. Something needs to change. I don't know what needs to change. I don't know if players need to leave with Solskjaer. I think a lot of players should stay. Um. Because they have, if they all work together and they all play great, there's no one going to be able to beat them. But they're not. And you know, you know our boy Fabrizio Romano. He's always up to date on the, on the, um, on Twitter and giving us all updates about about what's going on behind the scenes. And and as of right now, um, there's just been some some talk 
Um, so right now, right now, let's see. Let's check out this last Fabrizio tweet here. I always have him popped up on Twitter first thing in the morning. Uh, there's no doubt. So this is within the last hour. There's no doubt on Antonio Conte decision since days. Uh, he wants Manchester United job and he'd be ready to accept, but there's still no official proposal on the table. Manchester United are still not thinking whether to sack Solskjaer or not. Are still thinking to sack Solskjaer or not. And a lot of people are like, what's there to think about? It's easy. It's never easy sacking a manager. I w- I'm not going to say it's midseason, still pretty early, but um, this early into a season where a team really hasn't figured it out yet, um, you know, it's always like Solskjaer's big thing was like, look, give me time, give me time, give me time. He had three years of time to figure it out, to come up with a game plan, to go out and execute it every week and do something in training, work off the ball. But it hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. And honestly, I'm going to speak for most of the fans right now. It's we want to see a change right now that we deserve because if they lose again on 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 Saturday, it's over. The season's over. You can't lose four games. I, I know I said at the beginning of the year, you know, you can't win the league in the first eight games, but you can definitely lose it in the first eight games. And right now, through nine games, they have three losses. That's unacceptable. Through nine games, they have three losses. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Even a tie. I'll take one or two ties along the way. But losing the first, losing three, especially three out of your last five games, really? Come on. Be better. Figure it out. And here are the potential replacements. I know I'm skipping around. Um, Just moving on, like moving on from the current situation. I don't know what has to be done. Um, I don't know if there needs to be a tactic change. They always set up. They always set up in the four four two. Most of the time, but it's just I just don't know what has. Like I'm I'm confused. I'm at a loss for words. They play it. Sorry, they don't play it a four four two. They play it a four two three one. Um, that doesn't really work for 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 most teams. Um, but with the many with a lot of attacking players like Man United. They shouldn't be having to defend all that much. And even when they do defend, they have to be solid at the back, which they are not. And that's been a big problem all the time this year for the past couple of years. We need to get stronger at the back. We need to get stronger at the back. All right, we're stronger at the back now. We got we got Varane. Luke Shaw's playing out of his mind. We got Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Now we got Harry Maguire giving up goals, mucking up goals. You know, he has a high price tag. We signed him from Leicester, and he hasn't really done much since being there. Yeah, he, he, he's great when he wants to be, but it's it happens not that often, you know. And we need a defensive midfielder. We can't keep playing Scott McTominay and Fred. And I feel bad for Fred. He gets a lot of stick for being an a, a underperforming player, but he goes out there and hustles every time, even though he's not the best on the field. He goes out there and hustles every day, and that's why he keeps playing. He, he, he works his ass off. And he's just, he gets flack for it. I, I get it. I get it. Honestly, I do. But he played the, he did the job of five guys yesterday. He did the job of five guys yesterday. And they lost 5 nothing. You can't have a guy like Fred doing five jobs and expect to win. Um, 
and move and if they are going to move on from Solskjaer, here are their options. And again, each one of these each one of these guys um, needs a full off season um, to really shape their squad and do what they need to do. But um, here are the options here. So we got Antonio Conte is number one. He might be the first one they contact or the first one to to offer the job to. Um, he's been in the Premier League before. He won with Chelsea. He's played at. He's been at Inter. Uh, proven winner, um, but his his management style is kind of like that of Jose Mourinho. And Manchester United is very weary of having the same situation, um, like back in um, back in 2018, where players didn't like him or. Or something like that. He's played. He's coached at at Atalanta, Juve, Chelsea, Inter Milan. He's a great, great prowess. He's won everywhere he's gone, um, and he's gone. He's gone. He's never gone two years without winning a trophy since his, since he's been a manager, which is insane. Um, next up is Zinedine Zidane, obviously proven winner. He's won the. Champions League three times in a row. He's won La Liga three times or two times. Unreal player. He's. I I don't know if he's the right man for the job. He's very he's a very polarizing figure. Um, he can really either help you or hurt you. Um, he knows a few players on the team already and likes. And only likes a couple other more, I can tell you probably. And he really wants a right right midfielder. So um, we'll see what happens there. Um, he doesn't micromanage. And he's not bad for developing a team. Um, and he really allows players to make decisions on the pitch. And he, he really works well with... with um, he really works well with uh, big name players. Like Ronaldo, Pogba, Bruno, all those guys. Um, next up, we would have um, Ten Hag. Um, he is the coach of, I want to say, Ajax right now. He is the Dutch manager for Ajax back in the day of 2017. <laughs> he took them to the Champions League semifinal and lost to um to lost to Tottenham Arby's team um he is he's very similar to a lot of coaches in the Premier League um possession based team um he hasn't really worked at a big club and that's other people saying it I think Ajax is a pretty big club um he that's like the only downside and he can really really work with youth players, which is a huge, huge thing, cornerstone for Manchester United. And I think Ten Hag would be a good good option, maybe for the long run. But right now they need a quick fix, maybe with a couple of years. Um, the other one who could take the job on an emergency would probably be Graham Potter. He's the Brighton manager right now. Um, I think that's a big leap from Brighton to, to Man U. It's, it's, this one was pure skeptic. Um, pure skepticism it's just a name thrown out there by the media to get to get views but i don't think he's going to be 
a manager at all. And the last one that could be mentioned or brought up would be uh, Luis Enrique. He's a former coach of Barcelona, um, has won everything under the sun. Um, he works very well with, with, with the youth team and, and big stars. Um, he, his, his, his kind of plays patience, possession, and he can, he can fill in missing pieces when available. Um, obviously he's not available right now cause he's taking a break from, from coaching. Um, but I think, I mean, he's the Spanish, he's the, he's the international coach for Spain, and he finished his tenure back in 2017 um, with Barcelona. I think he is a great, great, great coach, and I think he would be the best fit. But right now, Conte's looking like the man that they're going after. All all these news reports are are thinking or are saying that he's the one. They've already offered him a contract. He wants the job. He's ready to accept. There's no proposal yet, but it's going to happen. Um, I just I'll be surprised if. I'll be surprised if anything happens today. Um, it's definitely going to happen this week. Um, it shouldn't happen. T- they shouldn't wait too long, though, um, because if they do and they go into Tottenham with Solskjaer's tactics and they lose, I think I think the I think Manchester will burn to the ground in, in absolute outrage. Um, I'm kind of mad still. Um, I don't know if you guys could tell. I said I was going to rant. I was going to yell, but I've calmed down a little bit. Um, Arby was probably looking forward to me to me tearing apart Manchester United. I'm a still a Manchester United fan. I'll I'm gonna put the club before anyone else. Club first, bigger than the manager, bigger than the players. Yeah, we have great players. Yeah, we got Ronaldo. Whatever. If Manchester United aren't winning games, I'm gonna be pissed. And this is a game they can't, they couldn't, they shouldn't have affo- they they couldn't afford to lose, and they lost it, and they lost it bad. They lost it. They lost it. They got embarrassed. You should. They should. Every player in the in the dressing room should be embarrassed. It's not just the manager's fault. It's the player's fault as well. Um, I, uh, I'm okay. I'm getting mad again, but they are. Uh, they shouldn't be playing as 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 bad as they are. But here we are, and I'm talking about it. And results aren't showing up for Man United, and they only sack a manager when the results aren't producing money. If they're not making money, that's when they start caring about the team and how they're doing. So now it's time for a manager. Time for a new manager. Three years on the dot. Time for a new one. Here we go. Time to start over from square one, but this time with a better team. Where does that get us? I don't know. It might get us into the top four, but that's it. That's it. We're not doing any better. We're not winning the league this year. We're not coming in second like we did last year, and we're probably not even going to come third. I'm thinking either fourth or fifth place. That's it. That's it. Nothing better than that. Fourth or fifth place, I'm calling it. I'm sorry. I know. If, oh, what are you going to do? We're Manchester United, we're always going to win games. I'm like, yeah, it's too late now. Too late now. Can't write the ship right now. And if they're not going to do anything, if they're not going to make a decision this week and they lose again, they have four wins and four losses. And Arsenal's on on po- level on points with us. They are tenth. They were in last place the, the third weekend. Oh, well, actually, almost four weeks in. And that's five weeks later. And they might be ahead of us by the end of the week. Just think about that. Uh, <laughs> ending on a good note, though. We got some good games. 
to uh, look forward to this weekend. We got we got some great ones. We got Leicester Arsenal. That's gonna be a good one. We're all level on points, fourteen all. Um, we'll see who wins that one. Um, we got we got. Let's see. That's a big one. I mean, I already mentioned Tottenham Man United at twelve thirty that time. We got Southampton Watford. That's gonna be a great game. Um, I definitely bet the over. Their head to head recently has been all Southampton and um, seven wins for Southampton, one win for Watford and five draws. Um, last year, they beat Southampton or Southampton beat Watford 3 1 and beat them again 2 1. But other than that, it's been 1 1 draws um, for the most part the last couple of years. So I'd either bet I'd be either bet a Southampton win or a Watford Southampton draw. And then that's those are Saturday's games. Sunday's games we got we got Aston Villa West Ham. Um I am very excited for this game. Um not because I support my friends teams, but I want to see if if Aston Villa can finally pull one out of the bag. Take a lead, hold on to it, and um, finally, finally get back to winning ways. I know they haven't been playing very well lately, but Aston Villa can make a big step forward here and crack the top ten with the win, and kind of shock uh, West Ham a little bit. They're head to head. It's been pretty close: uh, four wins to six wins and five draws in between. Um, last time out last year, February third. It's, it was a 3-1 West Ham win and a 2-1 West Ham win back in November of last year. Um, other than that, they had two draws. Aston Villa actually hasn't beaten West Ham since... Oh, Jesus Christ. They haven't beaten West Ham in the Premier League since February 10th of 2013. Um, I bet the line on that's going to be insane. But if I was a betting man, which I am, I would bet West Ham... Um, money line and I would do the over um, I would check the over now I would get it while it's f- fairly low because um, West Ham could score some goals and I know Astonville will definitely score some goals um, we'll see we'll find out um, it was really great chatting with you guys or ranting to you guys really since there's no one here but me um, I'll talk to you guys on on, uh, on Monday Peace out. This was the linesman. Have a good one, everybody.